It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Screen Talk. It's the holidays. Uh, this is our last entry before we all take off. Are you going anywhere fun, Ryan? Um, I'm going to Rochester. Um, That's where you usually stead, go. It's where your where, mo- your mother is. Yes, you're going somewhere much more exotic. This is true. I'm setting myself up. I'm going to Argentina. Buenos Aires. Must Sal- be nice. You know, we're watching Evita. We're 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 practicing our Duolingo Spanish. Uh, my daughter and I are going to go and. And then there's beaches in Uruguay. Who knew? Okay, so we're going to do the whole the whole nine yards. Uh, but until then, it's still uh, a very hectic season as we sort of push all the content out before it's too late. And today, uh, Thursday, you're, you're hearing this on Friday, was the big shortlist day. And what's interesting about the shortlist is what you can see about uh, maybe which international films are going to be registering in m- multiple categories. Uh, clearly, the Society of the Snow, the Biona movie, and um, the Zone of Interest, which we expected. These two films are going to be showing up in in other places, just like All Quiet on the Western Front did did last year. Um, and then, I mean, we, we can go through uh, some of these categories. For example, best documentary. What what struck you, Ryan, on the documentary front as a surprise? Sure. There were a couple on here that I, I got to confess I didn't, wasn't really familiar with. You never heard of. <laughs> no, like, like this Midnight Cowboy documentary I ne- that, Kino, I never... that Kino Lorber released. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of it. Um, I'm fascinated. But I I, I didn't hear enough buzz around it to make me think that it was a, you know, it wasn't winning things. It it wasn't. Like we can we can expect like I had to figure out what the top five were because because I updated the the documentary predictions list. And that was very difficult, actually, um, to do. Um, Like I would think that still would be in the top five or eternal memory right? Or American Symphony or Beyond Utopia, which I know because you can assume that all the documentary branch members are actually going to watch all 15. They're going to look at these. So you could get an obscure movie that you've never heard of, like the Midnight Cowboy movie and or, you know, um, Apollonia, Apollonia, which looks really cool. I've, I just have never heard of it. Yeah. And that Apollonia, Apollonia, I've seen, um, you know, it was an IDA nominee and I've seen it come up in some of these other smaller awards. But yeah, there's not a ton of buzz around that one. You know, I kind of I don't know what where you leaned with where you thought this one would end up. But I did kind of think Kokomo City would end up in this. I was surprised. Top five. I was surprised. That's a weird gesture to not include that movie, especially because I do feel like compared. I mean, I I think it was just as widely seen as any of these other ones. I don't think it was widely seen. I think that's well. I mean, what I'm saying is relative to some of these some of these obscure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, but I mean, um, To Kill a Tiger got in there, which I did see, which is an Indian 
film about a father fighting for his daughter, you know, fighting for justice. 32 Sounds got in, which I think was great, you know. Um, that's a popular, you know, I was doing, I did a QA and a um, with, with uh, Green at, at the uh, Vidiots here in LA. And it sold out. It was absolutely packed. The house was, there wasn't a seat available and they have put, they brought him back because, you know, people love this, this, sh it's a show. People love it. You know? Yeah. This is when you have to see in a theater, in a you know, theater. you have to have the whole, With the the whole auditory experience. Exactly. And then um, a still small voice, which was at Sundance, which I still have to catch up with, but at least I'd heard of it. I mean, I knew that that was something in the in the running in the rear view. I'm not familiar with. Did you see that one? I did not. I did not. You know what? What what is um, exciting about this list? And as you mentioned, something like a still small voice was at Sundance, you know, still the Michael J. Fox movie was at Sundance. Now it seems like Sundance is really kind of a new launch pad for documentaries, it's especially. Not new. <laughs> well, I mean, for to, no, it's to, been, to me, it's been anyway. a serious launch pad for several yeah. years. Nikki Giovanni is another one that was at Sundance, right? Yes. Yeah, they usually end up with about four in the final five from Sundance. And you know, this year Sundance is very documentary heavy, so there's going to be a lot to to look forward to. We should also our eyes, but some of the movies that got left off include um well i was it was a four daughters got on which is a very good movie that also was nominated in the uh international feature film category and shared the doc prize at Cannes. then there was um the mother of all lies which didn't make it into docs but did make it into international and i was sorry it didn't make it into docs because if people saw it it's a, such a remarkable documentary that I think they actually would vote for it. Whereas in the international universe, I'm not sure it will be as obvious how brilliant it is because it's a brilliant I, documentary. I, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know how to see it. I don't you know this. There's it's, no distributor. Um, it's obscure. <laughs> right, right. We talked about this last week. Yeah. The Errol Morris, Pigeon Tunnel, um, The Mission was left off. Um, and Little Richard, I Am Everything. The deepest breath, which was that, Netflix. That was Netflix, and 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 you mentioned uh, Kokomo City. Those are those are the most prominent ones, I think, that were not not included. What was surprising to you about the international selections? You know, I think this film, one that I really didn't was on my radar, but I haven't seen, is the Armenian entry, Amer Americatsi. That which, was a surprise for me, yeah, although I which, heard that people were liking it. Yeah, and I think it's it is the first Armenian submission in the history of Armenian submitting movies ever to even get shortlisted. So, it's so the one that made it and that I wrote about yeah. out of Toronto was The Monk and the Gun, which I'm very fond of. I love that movie. It has a a chance because it's good. It it addresses something about the world that we live in in terms of the innocence and the agrarian world of, of, a, of a place like Bhutan brought up into uh, a sophisticated political system uh, and having to make that transition. It, it was it, it's a, it's it's worth if you haven't seen it, it's it's definitely worth worth checking out. Um, that and in this in this universe, some of the ones that didn't make it, which I was surprised by, were uh, no, 
I wasn't surprised. I actually did pretty well on this one. But the ones that were left out were the delinquents from Argentina, the settlers from Chile, and traces from Croatia, which all had support. One one that I wondered that's very good and worth seeing, and um, you would like it a lot too, that was Golden Globe nominated in this category, was the North Macedonian entry, Housekeeping for Beginners, directed by Goran Stolovsky, who actually I just interviewed uh, earlier this week. He's a he's like a three for three. He you know he's done three features and they've all been really strong. And he's also he's just very adorable. So I like talking to him. And I I guess I would have thought that maybe that and it's being released by Focus Features next month. So I thought that maybe that one would have a higher profile. So I was I was surprised by that. Um, I did finally catch up with the movie that is our sponsoring film for today, The Teacher's Lounge, which I thought was excellent. Oh, it's very good. I think that could go all the way. I think I, that I, I think that will get yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so strong. It, it's something about our our world today that's that really resonates. It's universal. It's a universal story. We've all been to school. We've all we've all found ourselves on the wrong side of some narrative. Right, right. Yeah, we 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 we've all tattled or or chased a lead that took us in the wrong direction. Uh, and you know, this movie there's just such an economy of storytelling. It's like under a hundred minutes, and it's just fair. It just moves. You know, Eliane Benesch, the the German actress who, at the front of it, uh, is is extraordinary. I thought just uh, a remarkable uh, discovery for me. Um, so among among the uh, the other uh, international movies, the most of these are expected: The Promised Land, The Mads Mikkelsen, Fallen Leaves from Finland, The Taste of Things from France. Um, I still haven't seen Godland, but I certainly was well aware of it ever since can. It's just an omission on my part, you know. It's Did excellent. It's on, oh, yeah, I love Godland. Yeah, that almost made it into my top 10 of the year. That really was on the bubble. Uh, okay, well, that's it, one yeah, I'm really looking it, forward to it, seeing. It, it's a, yeah, the filmmaking is just um, extraordinary uh, and beautiful just beautiful 16 millimeter cinematography. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 visually just a stunning movie. It's on Criterion Channel, so you can stream it over the holidays <laughs> if you want well, to. Well, that's a good idea. Thank yeah. you for telling me that. Yo Capitano, uh, Matteo Garoni's movie from Italy is also a beautifully made movie, extraordinarily well wrought. Uh, it's a, it's, you think, it sounds like it's just another narrative um, about immigration, you know, people running away from, from poverty and heading for Europe, but it's it's much more of an odyssey um, and a horrifying odyssey that I highly recommend. The, that, so that's for, what I thought too when it was at Venice, so I didn't see it there. And then of course I have since seen it and I, I concede to what you were saying. Oh, good, good, good. Um, and Perfect Days, uh, I'm so glad that made it. Do you think that'll make the final five though? Well, I don't know. I think it's that's the Vin Vendor's Japanese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact that it's got neon backing it, they, that it certainly has that it. in its favor, you know. And they they have the history of you know doing really well with advocating for these movies. I don't know though. This is a very competitive shortlist of fifteen. It's a very so Totem from Mexico is also a fabulous movie. Lovely, a small lovely. scale, beautifully beautifully directed and written observational movie. Um, there's the mother of all lies. So that shows up on this list. Society of the Snow, I'm going to say, based on how well it did across all the categories, will go all the way uh, here, along uh -huh. with uh, Zone of Interest. 
It, yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, of course, it's another Netflix-backed movie, but it does seem like it's sort of adjacent to the uh, being the all the quiet of, uh, of the Western front of this year in the sense that it will be pretty widely seen, probably more than any of these, really, because of its streaming. Um, and it's, you know, obviously it's a harrowing survival story, but it is a crowd pleaser in a way. You know what I mean? It is. It's an inspirational kind of a movie i figured out a way to do that which was was, i think very wisely executed he did well he did well with that um the only thing i'll say about that movie is that and i I reviewed it finally i've been yes it came out today yeah yeah you know the characters are kind of psychologically indistinguishable from each other i didn't feel there's too many of them i don't know who's who i don't really care i'm not really rooting for any of them but it's the filmmaking that that takes you away you know i I don't think it's as bad as all as what you're saying Uh, but that because there's so many characters it becomes difficult to find uh, distinguishing features. He does as well as anybody could with that. So what else are we going to talk about today, Ryan? We, You you have been writing about um, this sort of, I find, mystifying story um, that has to do with Robert De Niro's speech at the Gothams and uh, subsequent revelations about how it happened and what it means. And yet De Niro still seems to feel like he was censored, no matter what other people are are saying. Yes, and here we are still talking about this, even though the Gothams were on November 27th. I'm still writing about it. People are out this week, but I'm toiling away. Like I was making all these calls yesterday about this. Um, yeah, he gave a Rolling Stone interview, uh, De Niro, where um, he talked about his new kid for a while, but then he sagged into, he had to address this sort of elephant that was in the room at Cipriani that night, which was that he was about to go into one of his usual anti-Trump screeds. Uh, we're we're all very familiar with those. From there, he realized looking at the teleprompter that his speech had been cut, like what he wrote wasn't there in its entirety. And so he slammed Apple, he slammed the Gothams at the dais. But I don't, but it seemed like he didn't fully grasp what was happening. And so the revelations to come out of this Rolling Stone feature were that he was more, it was more than anti-Trump. He was planning to talk about how the book, the David Grand book, Killers of the Flower Moon, Moon, isn't allowed to be taught in Oklahoma, which is, of course, where the events take place. Um, And Apple felt that that would, that this was a shared award for the whole filmmaking team, and Apple felt that that would take away from that honor. And De Niro said that just before the speech, Martin Scorsese texted him saying, Apple asked if you could tone it down respectfully, but he didn't see the text. So... He got the heads ah, up, but he didn't. There you go. He didn't, you know, he, he didn't get it quick enough. So that makes sense. Now you've made it so that I understand it. I was really kind of like, what the hell is that about? It's not even that interesting. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> so so the other the other big news of the week was Jonathan Majors, of course. Um we were all what, what was going on? Because I ended up I ended up having a conversation with the people at Searchlight because they picked up. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a while ago that I spoke to them, but they were basically saying it all depends on what happens in the trial. What's going to happen to Magazine Dreams, the movie they picked up at um, Sundance. And the question, you know, it was a big movie with a lot of interest and a lot of buzz and uh, a lot of talk about potential Oscar Best Actor uh, uh, nominations and so forth. So now, now that the 
shoe has dropped and he has been found guilty, not of everything, but of some things, he probably won't go to jail. He'll probably not do that. But he's lost at Disney, at Marvel, the role of Kang. You know, that's not going to happen anymore. And uh, this movie won't happen either. It's very, um, yeah, so he, he, he'd been found guilty of third degree assault and harassment. And there were a couple of the charges that um, he wasn't, he was cleared of. Um, I, you know, this is a situation where I feel really bad for this filmmaker, Elijah Bina, um, you know, who's just starting out. And this movie was like one of the buzziest movies at Sundance. And we, a lot of people walked away from that being like, he's going to win best actor. But there are some disturbing parallels, I would say in that movie to what's happening now in the sense that, this is a person who's struggling with mental illness, who's struggling with um, body image. He's a he's a bodybuilder in this movie with very violent tendencies. And so it's a little he's bit terrifying. Yeah, he's very scary. So it was a little bit prescient in that. It was sense. very intense. It, it's just, you know, is there I wonder, is there a path forward at all for this movie getting released, even if it's just d- dumped on streaming? But I don't even know. I don't even know if they could do that. You know, it's not quite the same as this, but I'm reminded, obviously, there wasn't a criminal trial in this situation, but I'm reminded of the Louis C.K. movie, I Love You, Daddy, which I still have the screener of because it's like, it doesn't exist. It's a collector's (laughs) item. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I'm going to make some money off it someday. It's a terrible movie. And that's another one where there's really creepy parallels to what happened. Icky, icky, icky. Very icky. But it was like the, right around when Me Too happened, it was like the day before the premiere, the orchard like dropped it from release, all of that stuff. And so and he's been in in cancel land. I mean, he's gone out and done. He's trying to ride the wave of of appealing to everybody who doesn't care about being woke, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's yeah. His, his platform now is like alternative, quote unquote, <laughs> platforms. You know what I mean? And, yeah, he's headed um, into 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 you know MAGA uh, territory. But but the but the the question you know is it also brings up a parallel to Birth of a Nation, uh, you know, which exactly. which was the other film that Searchlight picked up. So this time, I'm hoping that what they meant by waiting for what would happen um, in in the uh, criminal trial is is that if if in fact he was convicted, then they were off the hook. Um, I'm curious to know. Uh, what the what because they needed to have protected themselves from having the same thing happen again. They ended up not after all the revelations came out um, on the birth of the nation filmmaker whose name is Nate uh, Parker. Thank you. Nate, Nate Parker ended up, um, he was a very good actor, very good writer director that I stood in the theater at Sundance and watched the audience. I didn't, I couldn't have a seat. I, it was so full. I stood through that movie. And it was very good. I, you know, stand by it. I stand by how good that movie was. But once these revelations came out about his past behavior, his treatment of this one woman um, years ago, uh, that was it. He was, he was canceled. He's still canceled as far as I can tell. He made another movie, but he has not been welcomed back at all. Because he, he didn't handle it well. Successful. I he remember all well. of this. He didn't apologize. He didn't do no. the I'm guilty tour. He he did not. He stood up for himself in a way that was not appropriate in this situation. And in that time time period, especially. But that way, yeah, that was another movie where you left. I wasn't at that Sundance, but I just 
catching the waves of it from afar. It was another one where it was like, this is a best picture contender kind of immediately out the gate. And then it was one of the biggest sales ever in Searchlight yeah, history. It was huge. And then it didn't. Yeah. Like it was a historic one. And they, and then they, obviously, they were, they had to, no. they had to release it. I mean, they had to take it out and do everything they were supposed to do contractually. That's what I mean about this one. I mean, I hope they're protected uh, in a different, in a different way uh, and, on, in this case. And not long after, he was a guest on Screen Talk, Jonathan Majors. We had him on before I yeah. uh, got into trouble. Yeah. And he was charming and delightful. And I really liked him. And I think he's an ama amazing actor. And then yeah, there was like, an onion story that ran <laughs> yesterday saying, claiming with the headline that, that uh, it took me a while to figure out that it was the onion. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, you know, DC is going to pick up uh, a <laughs> contract. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> know, I, I, I remember he was at our Sundance studio and he did, he made a kind of threatening joke to a colleague where he was like, if you ask the wrong questions, I'm going to beat you up, LOL. But, you know, it's it's those kind of, you know, there was, there was something off about him, you know, that I, I could say that just being in the well, room. Well, if you see, there, but... I mean, those of you who will never see Magazine Dreams, um, the performance is all too believable. All right. And on a different note, as we head into the holidays, we thought we would share with you our favorite holiday perennials. What's yours, Ryan? Like, what did you grow up with that you watched every year? Well, the movies that I grew up with for like around Christmas kind of changed every year. But one, and this isn't a Christmas movie, but it evokes a certain feeling of Christmasness in me. I watch Breakfast at Tiffany's often at Christmas, which I know... I don't like treacle, Anne. Like, I don't go for treacly holiday movies. And this is the closest I'll get to, like, a treacly movie that I actually adore, even though there's some... It's become very politically it. incorrect. Yes, I know, I know. But I can't help myself. Like, I always I think, cry uh, watching that movie. <laughs> Mickey. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mickey Mickey Rooney. Like, yeah, a, like a Japanese man, not good. You know, not but it was nineteen sixty. She's wonderful. Whatever. Audrey Hepburn yes. is, is absolutely wonderful and iconic in that. Yes. Um, the um, other ones that I now I would say are my new perennials that I'm happy to share that I think are they're kind of trendy now, I think, these movies, but I feel like I maybe was instrumental in no, I'm just kidding. I had nothing to do with these becoming Christmas movies. Um Eyes Wide Shut is my probably my favorite Christmas You're movie. Sick. I watched that. You're, I watched you that. Are sick. I watched that every year for Christmas, and everyone knows. Like my friends will send me stills, and they'll be like, "It's time! Like it's almost your time!" Because that movie does take place over Christmas, and it has a very like Christmas vibe to it. And then Carol, I always watch Carol at Christmas now, which I know oh. you don't love that movie as much. No, but... I do love Carol. Oh, you There's do. Nothing oh, wrong with okay. Carol. Carol is Todd I... Haynes' best movie. <laughs> Back in the day, I thought that I guess nothing I wrong with Carol. You that you were left cold by it in some way, but. Mm -hmm. I, I was wrong. Okay. All right. All right so what about you? So I grew up in the era of, you know, everybody had a black and white TV and you watched what was on the black and white TV. So I would go to my grandparents in Mount Vernon and my brother and I would lie on the floor and watch uh, the classic Christmas Carol with Alastair Sim as Scrooge. Mm -hmm which is the one that I remember and I probably know it by heart, you know, and I, I always cry at the same moment where Scrooge shows up at his nephews and they're playing the Christmas Carol. And, and he says, will you, you know, accept this 
horrible old man. And, you know, I just, I weep every time and tiny Tim, forget about it, you know, but um, later uh, my husband, David introduced um, a Christmas story. So Nora and David and I watched that every year. Uh, But the one that Nora and I still watch religiously, and we did it already this year was uh, Mimi in St. Louis. That is is the Christmas movie. And it's also one of the great, great Hollywood movie musicals of all time with Judy Garland in her prime. And, uh, you know, and have yourself a merry little Christmas as she sings in this movie, Um, you know, along with such classics as The Boy Next Door and the trolley song. <laughs> so this is a movie you get get me going and I could recite it for you chapter and verse as well. Uh yeah, no, it's I mean it's a great movie. I, that's as all. musicals go, that's one of the great it's one of the great musical movies. Uh Christmas story, I did used to do that a lot. Well, you know, you, any you go on like what is it, TNT or something or TBS, and it's on for 24 hours every christmas oh so it's i always, didn't know that yeah so it's always there if you want to put it on in the background so maybe st louis is on max you can watch that if you're a max subscriber it's right there so have have yourself a merry little christmas ryan you too Anne. and we'll we'll speak in the new year Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.